Welcome to the iChiefs podcast series. I'm your co-host, Tom Jenkins. I'm the fire chief of the city of Rogers, Arkansas, and a former president of the International Association of Fire Chiefs. And we're here to talk to you today uh, and visit with some subject matter experts about community risk reduction. And I'm joined with my friend and co-host, Sheldon Gilbert. Hey, Tom, it's good to be here today. And this is an exciting topic that has a lot of people working on this uh, subject uh, but we are approaching it from different ways. So I look forward to hearing about uh, the best practices and how we can move forward and, and be effective and strategically aligning our resources with our risks. So looking forward to getting started and talking with our guests. Well, one thing's for sure. In all the podcasts that we've done, we've been fortunate that within this association, we've got all the experts that we need. And we've got uh, Mike Squared with us today. So we've got Mike O'Brien. He's the fire chief with the Brighton Area Fire Authority up in Michigan. Uh, but just as important is he's the, uh, he's the international director for the Fire and Life Safety Section. Uh, just came back from talking about community risk reduction, I think, over in England. So uh, this will be right on the forefront of his brain. And we also have Mike Cox, who retired out of Henrico County, Virginia, as a deputy chief and uh, was an IAFC staff employee for a while, but now is the Director of Fire and EMS Solutions with ESRI, um, our, uh, our association's GIS partner. So, Mike, thank you all very much for being with us today. Thanks, Chief. Yeah, thanks for having us. And, and I was right, uh, Chief O'Brien, that you just got back from England talking about community risk reduction, right? Yeah, we just had a uh, two-day summit with uh, Vision 2020 and multiple fire services from Europe, Australia, and a little bit beyond where we had a chance to share some best practices, not only from the United States, but to be part of a dialogue of what is going on across the globe. Um, and it was really fascinating just to see the different approaches and how different sized communities have really taken on the full CRR approach and I think a lot of a lot of people are pretty familiar with what has been going on with the work in the UK over the last uh, five to ten years but it was really great to see where it's progressing to and how that influence has gone not only what they've learned from the US but what the US has learned from all over the world well and I think one of the problems or one of the issues that and this is kind of the first question I want to start off with is you know how is community risk reduction I mean it's a buzzword people are talking about it um, but how is it different than traditional fire prevention? I mean, help, help us understand simplistically what we're talking about. You know, I think, um, you know, as we're coming up into October, I think many times, you know, people think fire prevention week, and that was many fire and rescue services, real effort as it related to fire prevention. We talked to kids in schools. We gave out free smoke detectors, and, th and that was our effort. Um, you know, and really when I start to think about what is CRR is, there's really a couple things is how are we identifying and prioritizing risks that are associated in our community? And then what are we doing to um, really take our resources and put them towards reducing those things we've identified? And then how do we integrate it within our entire organization from the chief down to our rookie firefighter? And really when you look at traditional models and methods, I, I know around us, there are some fire departments that, you know, operations doesn't do fire prevention and fire prevention doesn't uh, do operations. And I think the communities have really come to expect the fire chief to be the leader within their community 
as it relates to community risk reduction. So it's more than just knowing our data. It's how do we really take what is going on with our community, invest time and energy building relationships with those in our community that are outside the fire department, the police department, uh, public health, maybe our EMS agency or our hospital system, and taking a deep dive at all these agencies and facilitating that conversation and then really seeing where we as a fire rescue agency are part of what could be the solution. You know, I think probably one of the biggest things that would come to the forefront is, you know, heroin and opioid crisis. I'm sure most fire departments can take a deep dive into their data and see where they have spikes, what areas they have spikes. But I think part of it's going to be is, okay, now what do we do about it? What's the integration down to our operational folks? And to me, CRR would be and give you that model to tackle that problem and address it. And one of the simplest things is there could be solid answers that go beyond our data that can be found in one of our partners' data to help us solve that. And so that's really where the fire chief can come in is building those key relationships within our community, within our response district, um, and leverage our resources um, to hopefully solve a community problem. And to me personally, right, it's about keeping my fire trucks in service for those real emergencies. And I think, um, you know, we have so many things within our organization that our crews are responding to and are part of. Um, so we want to focus as much of our efforts to solving some of those problems that are maybe drawing down our resources on what's not routine emergencies or preventable. If we can do that, hopefully our rigs are in service for when those real emergencies come to play. Chief O'Brien, that's a great description, and, and it gives us a better understanding of, of the difference with, between the traditional fire prevention and a comprehensive community risk reduction approach, and certainly builds upon the success we've had over the years in, in dealing with fires and fire deaths. There's got a lot of good resources out there, Vision 2020 being one, but I know that the um, Fire and Life Safety Division, which you chair, has been doing a lot of good work on this and hosted a conference, a leadership conference on community risk reduction last year. Can you share uh, with our listeners a little bit about that conference? Was it a success? Who should be attending? Is there more coming? And, and how can that, that, those materials be used to help us with our community risk reduction efforts? Yeah, our conference last year uh, was a first for the fire life safety section. It was uh, done in conjunction with the Wildland Urban Interface um, conference that I think many people have seen or heard of. And it was separate, but it was hosted at the same time. And, and we saw everything from firefighters to a lot of communities now have a community risk reduction specialist position within their organization up to fire chiefs. And I think we know it was a success just based on the feedback that we got through surveys, through one-on-one. -on -one. And I can tell you that just uh, that I have had so many people that were at that conference reach out and say, thank you. Um, you know, and really one of the profound statements that came out, I met a fire chief that was walking in. He came up, uh, you know, introduced ourselves and he says, I, I don't know why I'm here, but this is really where I feel I should be. And there's just something I've got to learn and bring back to my department. So the education was really aimed, um, not necessarily technical in nature, but more about, um, you know, how do we integrate uh, code development, education, how do you develop relationships, who should be. And then we had a lot of great case studies from all over the country and the world that were shared. 
And going forward, we know that this is something we're going to continue. And the CRR Leadership Conference is going to continue on an every other year right now. And then on the open years, uh, we have partnered with Vision 2020 as part of their symposium and continued forum. So on the off years, uh, Vision 2020 has hosted a model program symposium where papers are submitted. Uh, they are reviewed by a panel of peers for best practices. And then I won't necessarily call it a series of TED Talks, but a series of shorts. Uh, there's about three presentations within an hour. And so you get a wide range of best practices, um, proven results uh, type programs that are presented. And so the framework is coming out for that. It is uh, in February of 2020. So the next CRR leadership program would be coming in 2021. So we're excited. There's going to be a lot of details coming out on both programs really in the near future. Well, and as an attendee there, Mike, I'll tell you that I was, you know, I, I know what CRR is and I'm a disciple of knowing why it's important, but I will say I was so impressed with the section and its work uh, at that conference. So great work. So talking about the conferences ahead and the plan with that, uh, you know, uh, also important is with community risk reduction, what do you see on the horizon? Do you see, um, you know, you talk about the use of data, you talk about, um, you know, if all politics are local, so are all problems that we're trying to solve. What else do we see on the horizon for CRR in your opinion? You know, I think um, many of us are going to be looking at how do you integrate what you're doing right now more with some real-time data? And then how do we layer that maybe with other readily accessible data? And how does that drive maybe staffing? How does that drive decision-making? And can we be more responsive versus reviewing data at six-month, three-month increments? I really see a lot of peers starting to look towards they've got their plan. They know what they're supposed to be monitoring. They're trying to see if they're reducing um, impact or various items. But how do we get more responsive on a real-time basis? You know, if you think about your data for a minute, how fast as a fire chief do you know if you have a, a false alarm problem? And if it's not done by, hey, man, we've been going on a lot of runs there, how, how are you getting more real-time data at your fingertips? So I think you're going to see that. And, you know, I would say that it's going to vary, too, based on where communities are at. We still have a lot of fire service organizations that are just trying to start the process. You know, maybe the planning looks a little overwhelming, um, all the way to people who have been doing integrated plans now for over five or six years. So I think depending on the organization, it's going to depend on what is next. And what I would always say is, regardless of probably scrubbing your data, if we think about maybe CRR in a very simple form is if your community is seeing some fire loss, we know that one of the best things we can do is have working smoke alarms in people's homes. So what would it take just for your community every time an engine company is on a medical just to check a home for working smoke alarms and work to educate that family that is there within reason on a medical incident? You know, I mean, how many engine companies across this country are on a medical run right now that we could make a very profound difference in the fire loss? And so I think 
right, how do we demystify the CRR process? NFPA is uh, champion a pretty great uh, or a pretty outstanding pilot program. I believe they're up to 50 communities now in helping them develop a CRR plan at the local level. Um, through many technologies. So I think it's going to be interesting to see if, if we can help point communities to that way. And so I think that demystification for some of our communities that don't have a CRR plan is going to be key. And then we've got probably those advanced fire departments that are going to be looking at, uh, you know, revamping job descriptions to include some form of integrated risk reduction all the way up to the fire chief to, you know, how do we incorporate data specialists within our organization um, and what is going to be their role? What is the role of, of our company officer in real-time data? So I think there's a lot of exciting stuff um, that's out there. You know, coming off the trip from UKI, I have pages of notes of things to think about, explore, and hopefully we're going to share a lot of that to the uh, IAFC community in the near future. But it's pretty exciting times because I think all of us just want to see if we can prevent that one incident from occurring and maybe save a firefighter or save a life, regardless of the type of incident, that's, that's what we want to do. And that's really what the CRR integrating it down to the core level is all about. That's a really good um, rundown of, of where we're headed in the future. And, and as uh, having the privilege of working with the consulting arm of the IAFC, we're being called on frequently to, conduct these community risk assessments and help them implement a comprehensive community risk reduction. And I, I really like the term you use, Chief, to demystify the data, demystify the process and tell the story. And I'd like to bring in Mike Cox at this point from Esri and, and talk a little bit about the geospatial display elements of community risk reduction. Because we've always said a picture's worth a thousand words and we have found that using ArcView and Esri products and other products to display the data and the trends and aligning those strategic resources and then subsequently measuring outcomes, as it's, it's invaluable. And so, so, Mike, why don't you jump in and talk a little bit about some of the products and programs that Esri's uh, providing and impacting uh, as it relates to community risk reduction. Thanks, Sheldon. Certainly, GIS impacts every step of our CRR planning cycle. So identifying the risks, that, that risk assessment, which is so important, you can't make any decisions unless you have a validated you know, dynamic risk assessment to make those decisions. That that incident intelligence or intelligence about your community is, is vital. And it allows you to prioritize the risk, not only what is the risk, but who's being impacted. So what, what are the demographics? And, and GIS can provide very granular demographics down to a block level, block by block level, to help you identify, you know, who is my at-risk population, and then how do I focus resources into the, the highest risk areas or populations within my community. We recently had a locality that, that suffered a number of, of single-family dwelling fire deaths um, in a short period of time, and they were able to use GIS to do a risk assessment, and much like Chief O'Brien spoke to previously, a risk assessment on every address in the county, but specifically a fire risk assessment on single-family dwellings, tens of thousands of addresses, and they were then you know, able to prioritize who needed the service, who needed the support, who needed that, that smoke alarm, that, that home safety survey uh, over some, some other occupancy or some other address. And the success rate was, was pretty incredible in that over 80% of the time the firefighters got a response to the door, that person needed that smoke alarm, needed that, 
that home safety survey. So in other words, the fire department wasn't just stopping randomly in a neighborhood at a home. They were basing it on a true risk analysis with good verified data that, again, that, that assessment of tens of thousands of addresses occurred literally in minutes. It required no one to go out into the community to identify these addresses. So that's just one measure of efficiency to deploy these the, the, these programs as part of your CRR plan to really impact the community. And then to be able to, to to measure that outcome or measure that performance to understand that we are having an impact, we are reaching our goals, and we're focused in the right areas and in the right direction, and really understand what the outcomes of these programs are. So GIS can be used in every step of the way as part of your CRR planning and implementation. Mike, I admire um, your particular background and how diversified you are because, uh, you know, you have your street credibility coming up with a metro-sized department like Henrico County. And now, um, you know, with your next career in retirement, um, you know, you're still leveraging uh, the talent that likely you honed there uh, to make a difference. So, uh, you know, I admire what you're doing. And I admire the work of Esri and, and your colleague Allison and all those folks that are just, they're making a world of difference in a lot of ways. So, Tell me this. Uh, we don't. There's probably a lot of fire departments out there that we could say are not doing CRR at all, or they, they don't even know what it means. But who do you see? If you were to complement some specific departments, knowing that you, I mean, you're as connected as anybody in this sort of thing, who, who can you give some examples of departments doing it well? Kind of like you 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 alluded to um, in the previous answer. Well, first, Chief, thanks for the kind comments, but certainly. You know, Vision 2020 is, is a leader in the in the in the space, and, and any need for for um, guidance or information, I'd reach out there um, as one of my first stops. And and the IFC, Chief O'Brien spoke about the CRR leadership event. I was there, I actually was able or lucky enough to present, so I certainly appreciate that. Uh, but that was an incredible event that brought together some of the best minds in community risk reduction. So I took a lot home from that event as well. SIPSI, uh, and so when you think about the uh, accreditation process, a lot of those workflows, a lot of those requirements within that accreditation process point directly towards community risk reduction. When you think about that community-wide risk assessment or you think about developing those performance objectives, you know, not just for operations but for uh, community risk reduction and much like the accreditation process, community risk reduction pulls all aspects of the fire service together. So it's not just the administration. It's not just a fire prevention section. It's operations. It's planning. It's the entire the entire department, and, and that's what SIPSI can, can help bring together as well. Um, specific agencies, Chief, I mean, certainly, you know, at state level, CAL FIRE and, and CAL OES and what they do for their wildland urban interface prevention programs and risk assessment programs is pretty incredible. And then, you know, obviously identifying at-risk communities and planning for, you know, response uh, and the prevention of the of the incident around those communities. Um, the state of Illinois, the, the State Fire Chiefs Association there has started a pretty unique um, statewide risk assessment and risk uh, mitigation program uh, that one of my good friends, uh, Lieutenant Steve Rivera of Orland Park, Fire uh, Authority is, is working with them as well. And you can look to Orland Park to see some pretty incredible uh, risk assessment and CRR activities. And uh, West Coast, I'll go, I'll go to Spokane Valley and Chief Rogers and what they're doing there to put together a pretty comprehensive risk assessment program. But I will say this, Chief, you've seen a significant difference in, say, the last five to ten years on the CR activities in, in fire department to fire department. So it's not, you know, it's not this unknown or mystifying thing that it used to be. I mean, you see more and more institutionalization of community risk reduction activities. Mike, that's, that's good stuff. And, and we do see different departments uh, 
trying to approach community risk reduction in a lot of different ways and using the resources they have available. And you gave us some great examples of some organizations that are fairly large that do a wonderful job putting this all together and operationalizing it. But we've also have a number of smaller agencies that don't have uh, the resources and the bandwidth to necessarily go do as much digging and have as much technology available to them as, as some of the larger departments. And when you get into dashboards and displays, they can become very expensive to create. Is there any low-cost tools or any open architecture information or some different uh, elements available through, through ESRI or, or other resources that departments can use who may not have a, a large budget or a large amount of personnel to, to make this happen? Certainly, and we do have special uh, public safety pricing. So for our smaller agencies, um, it's not like our typical re retail pricing. So certainly reach out if you've got any questions about that. Another note I will make is that over 30,000 state and local governments use our platform or use this plat GIS. And, you know, you may have access to it that you don't even, you're not even aware of. You don't know that you have. Um, so we run into a lot of fire chiefs that, you know, the, the GIS might be in, in their planning and zoning section, or it might be in the water department or some, something of that nature, uh, simply not knowing what they have access to. So a lot, a lot, a lot of local government agencies already have access to GIS and just simply don't know it. Um, but you can also reach out to, you know, state agencies. So most of your state fire programs or state fire marshal's office are, are using the technology to do the very thing. We're, we're speaking of, and then other state agencies, you know, Department of Health, or, or um, th that may have data that could impact your community risk reduction activities. Okay, so um, one of the things that we try to do with these podcasts is, you know, a lot of times these are chiefs that have very little time that 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 subscribe to our podcast, and and we like to always make sure that we have some good takeaways from our subject matter experts that we bring in. So. Um, when it comes to community risk reduction and demystifying data and addressing problems and matching the problems that we have with the resources we have um, within our communities, what are some takeaways for your average fire chief out there who's just trying to make a difference and move the needle in a positive direction? Chief O'Brien, you want to give us a few things as we close up? Um, use that fire chief to build partnerships. Uh, and if you can build the partnerships, I'm telling you, you have the people in your organization to help you get the rest of the things you need. I think we heard about some of the free stuff that's out there as it relates to how you crunch data. It is unbelievable to me that if the fire chief makes it a priority, utilizes um, the relationships they can build, empowers their staff, the, the energy that comes from that is incredible. So, all I would say is just start with one thing, and it may be you just making a hypothetical guess based on your years of experience, and then go out and use your data. If that just helps get that momentum going, please go do it because you never know the impact you might make on the community just by having a conversation, just by talking to a peer about it. Um, it it's, it's amazing to me what can be done when we bring a bunch of people together and just say, hey, I think we've got this problem here. What can we do about it? And the, just the synergy that can happen, um, just go out and start. Well said. Uh, Chief Cox, closing takeaways from your standpoint. 
And again, I'll echo Chief O'Brien's statements from from earlier. It's not just fire prevention. It's you know it's an, it's an all hazards approach to to risk reduction. So the the ability to involve our community and understand what their needs are and have their input, not only just us speaking to them or us briefing them, and involving the operations section is vital and obviously impacts our community through that risk reduction. That also reduces stress on daily operations. If we can identify, say, a chronic illness in our community and reduce the number of 911 calls because we're providing the appropriate service, not emergency services, but the appropriate service to that person, that's a community risk reduction program that reduces the stress on daily operations and maintains our resources or keeps our our units in service for other emergencies or other needs from other customers. Ultimately, it builds a a healthier community, and that's really what we're all here for. So, Chief, I'd say again, thanks for having us today, and and I enjoyed it. Well, uh, we enjoyed both of you. I can't thank you enough on behalf of Sheldon and I, and of course, our iChiefs podcast series. Um, We're in no shortage of subject matter experts. I think this podcast in particular is likely to be very popular because people are still trying to not just demystify data but they want to figure out what the heck community risk reduction is all about. And, and so you all did a great job. Thanks for joining us today. Um, for our listeners out there, you can now subscribe to our iChiefs podcast on uh, Apple, Spotify, and Google Play. So we're looking to make ourselves available for you so you can learn uh, from the valuable members and associated uh, people within our association. Uh, our next podcast is going to be Rescuing the Rescuers. Uh, it's going to be talking about a holistic approach to physical and emotional wellness, another hot topic in our business. So I hope you'll join us for that. Very interesting podcast as well uh, for our next episode. Thank you very much for joining us today. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.